Bah humbug, Frank. Bah, this is not a sponsorship. <laughs> I don't. I don't like oh, the holidays ooh. at all. I, I'm just not a fan. It's too cold. People are jerks. I'm not a fan. But happy holidays, everybody. I hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that forgot all three rules of Gremlins. (laughs) I am Zach. And I'm Frank. <laughs> and welcome to the first episode this year of Falalala Films. Yep. As we discuss Gremlins. <laughs> this was your first time watching this. This was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely feels like a Spielberg film. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't direct it. He just no. like produced it. I don't even... Yeah, I guess. He did he something. He presented it. I don't know if he wrote the screenplay nope, or something. he didn't do that yeah, either. He produced it then. Yep. He did something with it. But he can put his name on it. And boy, does it... Like you said, it feels like a Spielberg yeah, film. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Gremlins came out in 1984, directed by Joe Dante. Your main cast, which is few and far between, is Zach Galligan, who plays Billy, your main character. You have Phoebe Cates, who plays Kate, his love interest. Uh, you have Hoyt Axton, who plays Randall, Billy's dad. You have Francis Lee McCain, who plays Lynn, who's Billy's mom. And I don't know if you knew this, but Howie Mandel is Gizmo. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, like, he voiced him and did, like, a little bit of, like, the animatronics for him. It's very weird. Yep. I I didn't think that he would be it. (laughs) But that's your cast. (laughs) Uh, And this is a film about a a father who's kind of like a failed inventor. Like, he's just like like a guy who's like, I have new invention ideas, and they all just suck. Well, the egg one was good. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he ends up buying a gremlin Mm -hmm. as a pet for his son. Mogwai. And and he's like, hey, you can't break these three rules. Mm -hmm. And one of them being you can't let it eat past midnight. You can't get it wet. And what was the third one? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Uh, and oh, that, no sunlight. Okay, yeah, and then it doesn't like bright lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, in throughout the film, all three rules get broken yeah. by, <laughs> by his son who receives the gift. Uh, and then you have mayhem that unleashes throughout the town. Yeah, because they change. Yeah. So this is this is the first time where I get to be like, I've seen this movie and you haven't. So Frank- Is this the first time? I think so. Yeah, because every because most times when <laughs> when I when it's a film that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. you also haven't seen it. Yes, <laughs> except for Annihilation. That was the one where it was like, uh, "Hey, yeah. Frank, check this movie out," and you actually liked it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Frank, did you like this film? It's fine. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, <laughs> it is a film. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine. I mean, it's not like it, it's cute. It's mm-hmm. it, it's lighthearted in a way, but then goes like it tries to go like horror. It kind of feels like Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Crows, meets, the birds or the birds, yeah, mm-hmm. meets like Teletubbies. Like I don't know, like, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, it's just it's really weird. I, it, you know why I said The Crows? I, I, I've been watching Shit's Creek. And I don't oh know if you've really? Seen you're, Creek. you're one of those people I, now. I think my girlfriend's into it, and mm. I'm like been watching it, and she's starring in a movie called like it's The whatever. Crows. Yeah. And, <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, yeah, it, 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 it has like this weird Hitchcocky birds feeling like to it in a weird way, and like I don't know, it, like the the tone of this film is odd to me. It is because for most of the film, it's like, hey, here's a holiday Christmas movie. But then they splash in like a horror element to yeah, it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, because in you a can, weird way, but also like I don't know, I don't know if I necessarily feel like it blends all that well because it's it really is like this this like comedy, you know, like and throughout the entirety of it, and it's like oh cute gizmo and like whatever, yeah. and then and then like towards the end, I mean, it gets actually like pretty like graphic. Like yeah. when the mother puts uh, the one in the, the oh, microwave. In the <laughs> oh, yeah, the microwave. And it just like explodes. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh. Well, that and, then, was... and then, you know, like the final guy, like the one with the mohawk. I don't Yeah, I Stripe. Yeah. He ends up like just melting. Like his whole face just like starts like deteriorating and melting. And I'm like, it holds up. It looks cool. Yeah. But like, is this for kids? Like, it... I don't know what this is. Well, that's why. Because <laughs> like at that point with the microwave, I was like, what is this movie rated? And like it's I looked PG-13. at thirteen. No, yeah. it's PG. Oh really? Yeah, and I'm like, what? Oh, the, right. How the so fuck did this I, get I a found, PG rating? I found out it was. Be, I think it was actually because of this movie though mm. that they actually made a PG thirteen rating. Oh really? Yeah. So like because of this and one of the Indiana Jones films, the one where like Spielberg goes like real dark. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I've never actually seen them, but like there's one apparently where it's like it's like just like graphic and gory and like it's just real like dark. Because of those two films, they actually made a PG-13 rating. Hmm. That's so, pretty cool. I- interesting. <laughs> Gremlins cemented in history. <laughs> in a weird way, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. This movie has like a really big cult following. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people really, really love this film. Yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I know that like even the director himself loves the second one more because uh-huh. I think I, I've never seen the second one, but apparently how this one kind of is where it's like it's a Christmas movie where like it's trying to also be a horror movie at the same time. The second movie just be- knows what it is and becomes like a parody of itself. Yeah, it's kind of like Evil Dead. Yeah, like where it understands like what it is and where it should go yeah. and then just goes like tenfold with it. Right, yeah. I mean, the biggest praise that I have for this is like the practical effects and the animatronics for yeah, everything. Like definitely. Gizmo, like the facial expressions of him yeah. looks absolutely incredible for the time period yeah. and still holds up. Looks like a like, Furby. Yeah, I think they kind of all look like Furbies. I, I looked it up like this came out first and then Furbies came out. Uh, so like a lot of people were nervous when Furbies came out because they were like, "Ooh, looks a little bit too much like Gremlins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a big fan of this. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely like a unique and weird film. You know, uh, you definitely have like, I don't know. I feel like this movie tries to like bite off more than it can chew with like the plot. Like I feel like yeah. this, I feel like this film is trying to be more plot heavy than it really needs to be. Well, yeah, because like a lot of the story with Billy is that he he lives in this town that this rich older lady, I forgot her name. What was it? Fucking, oh, Miss, she's a, Mrs. Deagle. She's a bitch. Yeah, she's, she's a horrible human being. Yeah. And she basically like owns the entire town. Yeah. And everybody is just kind of like scraping by and Billy's first kind of story is that like, you know, he has his dog who he loves and like, he's just scraping by, like making like barely any money working for the bank. And then it's kind of like, okay, well how do we like survive as a family? Because my dad is not 
getting a big break yet with his inventions and my mom's a stay-at-home mom yeah so it's like I'm, I'm providing basically for the family like what do we do and then it's just like hey here here's mogwai's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of like shoehorns it in, and then you have like a really out of nowhere death of Mrs. Deagle, which is funny because like she gets into like her uh, stair lift thing. Yeah. And I think it's Stripe who like messes with it and mm-hmm. then just like shoots her out the window. Yeah. And like, it's, it's it's comedic. Yeah, it's comedic. It's funny looking. And, and it's sort of cathartic in a way. Like, you know, like it feels like. Like, you hate this woman and you're supposed mm. to hate this woman. But that also, for me, is, like, a problem because, like, she's just such, like, like a character, top, you know? Yeah. Like, she is such a, like, evil, menacing character that, like, it feels so stereotypical. But, I mean, yeah, her death is definitely, like, cathartic. Yeah, but, like, there's really nothing else to her. Oh, no. Like, and I then, mean, like, I never, I, I, I thought it was really weird how they have, like, I thought, uh, I don't remember his name because he just, like, fucking disappears. But, mm-hmm. like, his bank, like, Billy's, like, bank sort of friend who's also kind of a dick yeah he's like kind of like this like 70s yuppie type deal oh yeah and And he just like he's in the movie and like in the beginning he sort of seems like he's gonna play like an integral role and then he just just disappears and never returns yeah like had there been something where it's like (laughs) him and billy meet up after like all of the gremlins are attacking and it's like oh what do we do and then he gets taken and it's like okay i mean even like even though it would have been like a stereotypical like it would have at least had a point for his character where it would have been like oh you know he's an he's an asshole and then like something happens he's getting attacked by the gremlins billy helps him and then all of a sudden they like kind of kindle like a friendship and it's like all right you know like you're not as bad as i thought you were and he's like yeah i'm gonna stop being a dick to you like that's that that has been a trope throughout films Mm -hmm. the you know throughout fucking the past (laughs) 45 years yeah and it's you know it's annoying but at least it's something at least it's something right like you have a character who at least has a as somewhat like of a purpose and he just disappears and just fizzles out into nothing you're like why was he in the movie yeah like what was he there for point and it just didn't really make any sense no i know and then you have like something really weird with kate where about like three quarters of the way into the film like they're kind of like trying to figure out like okay what to do like after the bar scene yeah which is my favorite scene in this film like where kate's kind of like stuck in the bar and all the gremlins are just like partying and like smoking and gambling (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that is the scene that everybody knows from gremlins yeah but then like they're they're trying to get back to like kate's house to like figure out something and she gives like this out of nowhere super depressing backstory of like <laughs> yeah, her like, dad it's dying. It's so shoehorned in. Like well, it's I just was, like what? <laughs> I was like I had to rewind because I was like, where did I get to? Like how did I get to this point? Like wh- yeah. like they were just talking, trying to figure out a plan, and now she's giving like this whole thing about like her dad dying, and that's why she's like stressed and depressed during the holidays. Yeah, and it's like. The whole movie is kind of like lighthearted and now you just bring it to like this super dark spot (laughs) and then go on with it like nothing ever happened because then they just figure out. Yeah, because then they just figure out like, okay, like we got to blow up the theater with all of them in it. (laughs) It's like, well, why did I need that then? Yeah, it's it's a very odd, again, like the plot in this movie is so not even not linear, but just all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so like, what is the main focus here? Like Mogwise. That's like what it should be. Yeah. And like, that's really like, you know, but I don't know. I, I sort of understand also that like in making a film, like you need to have characters and you try to have character development and whatnot. But I mean, I feel like there should have been somebody who's like looking at this movie being like, guys, we know the type of film that we're making here. Mm-hmm. Like this is 
kind of like preposterous. Let's like lean into that. Let's not try to make it so serious. Let's not try to have like these annoying characters that have like you know whatever just this film should not be trying to take itself like seriously in any way shape or form yeah and that's where like the second one like really just kind of like leans into that right and like that probably would be a lot more enjoyable as as at least at least at at, like a ridiculous kind of like standpoint you know like you know what you're getting into that's fine Mm -hmm. okay let's have fun with it this movie for me is just like, why are we so serious here? Like, why? Why, yeah. why are we what, so what serious? Happened the, what happened to the gremlins? Like, <laughs> where, why? You know, like that's kind of like the the funny like point. But other than that, I mean, the like the actual parts of the gremlins are really fun yeah. and like cool and great. Like when they fucking uh, steal the tractor. Yeah, and like that one guy who's just like super racist. He's just like fucking foreigners and all that, <laughs> and they and they like end up just like I don't know how they know how to drive a stick shift track tractor, oh, they, but like they, does they it really dark. matter? No, <laughs> because it's fun. It is stupid, and mm-hmm. they just fucking tear down the house and kill them. And it's just like okay, that's fun. Like that's what I came here for. Yeah, like even too like they they trick Billy where it's like they unplug his um his alarm clock. Yeah, so he thinks that like it's right before midnight. Yeah, and it's like nope, you actually fed him after midnight. And I was thinking about that, and it did. Th- you know that. That doesn't actually make any sense. What do you mean? Like you can't feed them after midnight because oh, it's yeah. kind of always after midnight. Yeah, I like, like <laughs> I know. I was talking to my, my fiance about that because I was like, what point can you feed them again? Because like technically techni- it's always after midnight. Yeah, like like midnight <laughs> to like six AM? Is yeah. that like a time frame? Or yeah. like what like I need more context from this shady <laughs> fucking shop owner. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, when he comes back, the shop owner yeah, it was kind of like, so you traveled all the way back here <laughs> to then just take Gizmo and then leave, even though Billy and Gizmo now have a connection. Yeah. And we know that, like, even if you get, like, Gizmo wet or, like, you feed him after midnight, he's still the good one. Yeah. So it's like, can't can't you just figure out a way to, like fix this like <laughs> or can't you just can't fi- you fix this can't, can't you just figure out like a system where it's like gizmo will be okay yeah i mean you know gizmo at the end of the day is the one that he yeah right he's got like a conscious you know like mm-hmm. he's and he's he has like remorse mm-hmm. and all the other ones are just like freeform ah, hippies, like you know <laughs> like they're just they don't care um it, it is weird that the shop owner just like kind of Come, like again, just kind of feels like shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm back. Like, it's like, oh, all right. It's 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 a really odd film. It is, but like like you said, like with everything with the Gremlins was like fantastic because there were even points too where they use like claymation for them yeah. moving, and yeah. I thought that was like really well done. Like it looked kind of like eerie and creepy, like how they moved when they transformed. Yeah, I and liked, then oh, go ahead. Um, when like you know Gizmo actually gets like a drop of water on him. And you see him kind of just like plop out little balls and then like form together. Like mm-hmm. that looked awesome. Mm-hmm. And then after they eat after midnight and they become like basically fucking xenomorph cocoons. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Look at this. Like, I want more of this. Yeah, It, it is really like from a practical effects standpoint, it is really great. Yeah. And then even so, like after the the one teacher like takes Stripe and kind of like just takes a look at him. Yeah. And keeps him in the cage. And, like, after he gets food, you have, like, this really cool kind of, like, old school horror technique where they don't show you the creature 
for like a couple of minutes and like you're just kind of doing small little things where it's like oh you see a hole or like oh you see like a chair move and like scurry over so you yeah. kind of get the idea of what's well, happening you, you, the, the one thing that i will say is that i i like the constraints that the filmmakers had to use because of the time period that this film was made in mm -hmm. because if they ended up going like full like cg it would have looked horrible looked awful mm -hmm. so like it being the fact like one thing that I that I did appreciate was how you never see Gizmo walk mm -hmm. because they just couldn't have that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in order for it to be, like, realistic and, and seem like he's moving quickly enough and whatever, like, so they come up with the idea of, like, okay, Billy's going to carry him around in his backpack. Yeah. Like, okay, so now you're not questioning how Gizmo gets from point A to point B. Like, you understand that. And, like, a lot of these, you know, so you just have, like, creative filmmaking. So, like you were saying about, like, the chairs kind of, like, moving and stuff. It's like, okay, that probably happened because of the simple fact that they didn't have the technology to really have these creatures, like, running around and, and whatnot at, like, its fullest potential. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's practical effects, it's claymation, and it's, like, puppeteering. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So... I thought it was, I really liked the idea of the filmmakers being forced to be more creative on how to like specifically block scenes and make scenes feel more tense mm -hmm. because of their restrictions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I really appreciate that aspect of what a small budget film, even though, again, I think this movie was made for like $11 million. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fairly small budget for even that time period. Uh, you know, f so a fairly small budget film is able to still make really, really like, or have like really, you know, great tense scenes that work and that still make sense within it because again, they're being forced to be able to think outside of the box because they don't have these ready available technologies like we have today. Yeah. And that's like a thing where it's like, it almost begs the question where it's like, why aren't more people trying to do stuff like that? nowadays yeah. where it's like give yourself a small budget and kind of figure out like a creative way to go around it yeah like how robert eggers used for the witch where it's like there's literally all of like nothing yeah but like a field yeah. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and it's like using stuff like that where it's like you you force yourself to become creative yeah and you force yourself to like make really smart decisions on like how you want to like block things and like lighting and like use of like different animations and stuff like that yeah. like that I don't see a lot of anymore, and that's where, like, Gremlins is an appreciation for me. Yeah. And then another thing, too, like, weirdly enough, people don't think that this is a Christmas movie. I mean, it definitely is. Thank you, because it takes place on Christmas it, Eve. It is Christmas, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, it's, I, it is a Christmas film. Well, that's why, because, like, I, I've seen so many things of, like, where Die Hard, like, last year, like, you know, right. people will say, like, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, even though it takes place it literally on starts like the opening scene i think when the credits are rolling mm -hmm. is christmas music yeah <laughs> and but because like it came out in like july mm -hmm. so people were like oh it's not a christmas movie but then most people will be like you know what like die hard is a christmas movie but then they'll look at gremlins and be like nah this isn't even though and, and like, it's like it's this such a christmas film it takes it's place not, on christmas yeah i mean that's the thing i think i think there's like this you know like people people associate christmas films with like light-hearted like mm -hmm. hallmark type of films yeah and like that's just it doesn't need it, it can be dark and mm -hmm. it can be 
you know, I mean, literally, although I've never really appreciated them and I don't think they're fantastic, but the the original and all the remakes that have come after, uh, like the Black Christmases, mm-hmm. those films are Christmas movies. Yeah. They're slasher films, but... <laughs> they're technically... But they're Christmas slasher films. It's a Christmas movie, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I always kind of disagree with uh, people who make it... I mean, it's like, you know, if, if a film is leaning into the holiday that it's taking place during, that's kind of like, you know... It, it's that's a holiday it film. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's like, would you would you call, like, a Halloween film a Halloween film if it wasn't scary, but it took place during Halloween. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Hallow- like the movie Halloween is a Halloween film. Yeah. But you can't say, like, My Bloody Valentine is a Halloween film. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> it's a Valentine's movie. Yeah. <laughs> Technically counts. We're breaking all the barriers here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I don't know. There's. I feel like this is a film that is trying to be more than what it should be. Mm-hmm. And I, like you said, like the second one, I think obviously I haven't seen it, but it, from the, from what you've explained, it seems like they lean into it more. So that movie maybe seems like the creme de la creme of like what gremlins should be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's fun enough to watch like with the family. Yeah. Like this is a fun movie. It, in a sense, it knows what it is. Yeah. So, it understands that, like, hey, it's a Christmas movie with, like, some type of element of horror. Yeah. And in that sense, like, it pulls off, like, what it needs to pull off. Like, I, I don't know, like, what I would say more fits for this film of, like, a cult classic or just a classic film. Yeah. Because it's, like, everybody knows what Gremlins is. Except for me. Yeah, you didn't know what Gremlins <laughs> is. But you also don't know what Jurassic Park really is. I don't. <laughs> I think it's like two guys that go to like a bar and just kind of like sit there and drink for two hours. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun enough to watch. It's a, it's you know it's a, it's a film that you don't really have to pay too much attention to if you if you, if you really want to. It's yeah, I think good... I I fell asleep for like a couple of minutes at some point. <laughs> and you don't really feel lost when you come back into it. It's fine. No. It's like whatever. I get it. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those movies. I, I am glad that nobody tried to fuck a gremlin though. That that made me happy. Was that like were <laughs> you going into this thinking? I was like, oh man, someone's gonna try to bang one of these things. <laughs> like a weird guy's like, hey little try, guy, I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> hey little guy, what's going on? Yeah, I'll um, get you a Furby for Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is probably gonna be a little bit short, shorter of an episode, but it's just it's a film that doesn't really merit like too much of a conversation. I feel like it's it's a lighthearted, family sort of friendly film that also goes real dark and in some weird ways but mm-hmm. it's fine it's 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 okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a fun movie, movie and it's a good start to follow all the films i guess yeah <laughs> uh, that's really it uh, zach you have a recommendation i do so i kind of told you like off camera last week um so i ended up getting it so what i've been starting to learn like it's about it's been about like three four days now um so I bought a cigar box guitar. Ah, yes. More so, actually, Jess bought me a cigar box guitar for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I've been, like, trying to learn how to play it. It came with, like, a really cool, like, disc on, like, how to play it. And um, a guy smoking a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, um, it, it's, like, a video on, like, how to, like, do everything. And then, like, it came where you have to, like, string it yourself. Yeah. Um, side note, I fucked up because... Um, I didn't know, like, like I, I was reading the book on, like, how to string it, 
and you don't know how to read, so... I don't know how to read. You're correct. Um, no, I, I was doing it for a right-handed guitarist. Oh, right, because you're left And I'm left-handed. So I had to, like, unstring two of them and then restring them in the opposite direction so it actually makes sense for me. Right, yeah. Um, however, more so, like, on the history of, like, seven box guitars. Like, really cool because, like, as early of, like, the 1800s, they were showing up mm -hmm. where, at least, like, the cigar boxes. And as early as, like... The 40s for 1800, like people were taking them and turning them into guitars. So a majority of them are mainly like three or four strings. Sometimes you can find them with just one string. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just like a piece of wood and a cigar box right. and like a string. Yeah. And it's one of the most like influential instruments for playing the blues. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of people too, like have used them beforehand for like the blues including um the Richard Blues Johnson. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like ZZ Top. Yeah. Like um what's his name? Billy Gibbons. He he's used it before. Uh Richard Johnson's probably like one of the most noticeable people. Um Paul McCartney too. He's used cigar box guitars before. And uh Ed King from Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah. But like they're just it, it's a really cool instrument. Um especially to like for a beginner like me. Yeah. Cuz it's one of the most easiest instruments like for a string guitar to learn because it's three strings like right, right, how yeah. can i fuck this up <laughs> like, i cannot yeah. <laughs> and i'm fucking it up <laughs> yeah clearly but um but it's really cool because like it's it's getting me there to like what i wanted to do and that's just like learn how to play guitar and using like a blue style which is really cool because it, it has like a glass slider so it's like you can get that weird sound effect that you don't really see a lot anymore yeah that's cool. So, cigar box guitars is what I recommend. <laughs> and so far, I can play the first five notes of Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate that you're learning Christmas songs then. Yeah. Yeah, I got to learn, like, something by, like, Christmas. Yeah. I was going to learn another brick in the wall, but that seems a little... That's a, that's, that's a little... <laughs> a little advanced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Awesome. Frank, what are we doing next? Oh, so I am definitely recommending a Christmas movie. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I don't. I don't participate in this. Really, I know ever. you don't. It's uh, always me. <laughs> um, so you, I think it was last week, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you did it on on the podcast or if this was off the podcast, but you criticized me mm -hmm. because you were like, Frank, this was your idea and you still haven't participated in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I am officially throwing my hat in the ring for doing the start, okay. which is the you know debut feature films and whatnot. Um, and although the film that I am choosing is not a technical feature, uh, only being because A, we've already reviewed his, his debut mm -hmm. and B, he only has two films under his belt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. It's hard to kind of like talk about his, the, the evolution of this director when his, when his two films are one year apart mm -hmm. and you know, it's just, it's hard to do. Robert Rodriguez. So, no. <laughs> uh, so I am going to do his debut short film. Mm -hmm. And that is of course, Ari Aster's the strange thing about the Johnsons. Okay. Uh, You've been telling me a lot about this like for years now, and I've just never gotten the chance to like check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely weird and definitely crazy. Uh, and I think it definitely showcases the future of Ari Aster and where he has led into, um, you know, into his debuts. So uh, you can watch the full thing on YouTube. Um, so you don't have to pay for it or anything. You can find the full full thing on YouTube. 
Um, so yeah, so look forward to the strange thing about the Johnsons. Okay. Uh, and that's your last name. That's me. <laughs> uh, Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, before you call a repairman, check all the cupboards. Look under all your beds, for there might just be a gremlin in your house. <laughs>